This week's episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. Let's do the show, folks. Come, come, come. And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. Woo! Star Wars Report. The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Then we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. The Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Star Wars Report podcast. I'm your host, Riley Blanton. Glad to have you back on board. It is May 2021. The world is changing day by day, uh, including the world of Star Wars. We've got so so much to talk about since the last um, Star Wars Report podcast. Uh, I won't beat around the bush. Let's bring him in, co-hosting on this fine episode of the program. It's Mr. Mark Herleman. How's it going, Mark? Oh, it's going, man. Yeah. Just, uh, just finished watching the third episode of Bad Batch. You know, I haven't I watched like, it yet. I've pr- uh, <sighs> I find myself in an unusual position. Mm-hmm. Savannah has forbidden me from watching it without her, which is a <gasps> really good sign. That is a good, good sign, but that is a difficult position in, in your life as a, uh, <laughs> a, a administrator of a Star Wars new website. You you are um, <laughs> you're ahead of me. Yeah, I have it. We're going to watch it later tonight as we record this. Uh, it just came out to get today. We're recording this on Friday, May 14th. You know what? Uh, a, a very belated 10-day late. May the 4th be with you. <laughs> <laughs> I have been... Uh, it's Life's been kind of crazy. Um, I kept, over the last few weeks... Stepping to bat, trying to schedule a recording, and it falling through. Uh, but we made it happen. We're back here. Um, and I also, in between, had a, uh, Savannah and I went on our first vacation Ooh. since COVID began. We have uh, we are plussed up, fully vaccinated, uh, and able to, according to the guidance of uh, our healthcare providers travel safely and so we did uh nothing really star wars related uh other than it did impact the recording of the podcast um but it, and it was literally over the week of may the 4th so usually we were doing some some big hullabaloo humdinger of a show or some kind of i'm trying to remember what we did last year we did a big revenge of the fifth themed day and did a commentary for revenge of the uh revenge of the sith so there are all kinds of um Star Wars things that happened that we weren't here for. I'm, I've missed it. I've missed the podcast. I'm not going to lie. I, I mm. go into, I've, I go in and out of phases, Mark, where I get, I get Star Wars fatigue. I know, I know. Don't tell, mm-hmm. don't tell anybody. But it, it happens. <laughs> it ha- especially in the, um, uh, in the mo- most recent few years, it's become more acute as parts of the fandom get more divided and more toxic. But um, I found myself kind of removed from fandom in general over the last few weeks, and, I, and it took a while. It took a little longer than usual. Um, usually it's only a week or two, and I'm like, all right, I want to do a show again. I'm missing talking about whatever the latest Star Wars thing is. I want to get in on it. Um, but as Bad Batch aired, I loved the episode, and, and but I just didn't have a, I didn't have a moment to actually process it and, and um, 
record with someone. So I'm glad to actually, that's really going to be the main theme of today's episode is talk about the Bad Batch. Oh, thank but, God, man. I've, <laughs> I've been sitting on this for so long and because we haven't had a chance to record. And then Jim uh, on Beyond the Films, he had some stomach issues the day we were going to record an episode. Uh-oh. And then he got in a car wreck and nope. had actual, oh, had, had some head trauma. So like, I mean, my man's been like recovering. He's doing good. But I haven't been able to talk to anybody. Like my, my mm. wife hasn't watched Bad Batch. So I'm like chewing nails here when the first episode came out. There was like all these things I wanted to talk about. And I'm like, oh, man. So yeah, I'm yeah. excited. Oh no, I'm excited to talk about show. that. We are gonna we're gonna talk Bad Batch. We're gonna talk uh, news on Star Wars Celebration. Mm. Wait, that's happening? <laughs> it's happening. Not only is it happening, they've announced the dates. Uh, we've had some leaks from the Andor set. Nothing too crazy plot wise, wise, but it's nice to be you know we're getting set leaks. It's been a while since we've been getting uh, set leaks in the world of Star Wars. Um, and then there's a really interesting phenomenon that's happened in the world of this is a really this is the perfect episode to have you on, Mark, because <laughs> we're talking uh, hashtag continue legends. And I have a confession to you personally, Mark, oh, that I'm going to make. In wow. fact, if I if I forget, remind me when we get to the segment, I have a confession to you <laughs> as a friend that I need to make. I need to come clean uh, with you. And then. Uh, uh, it's a fun uh, clips from uh, Ewan McGregor on the set of Obi-Wan. Uh, so we're going to have a lot to talk about. So let's get into it in the news. We have something to report. Delta, I have good news. Data brought to us by the Botham spies. You can send a clear transmission. There it is. Listen, listen. You know, the Bad Batch debuted... Uh, on Disney Plus on May the 4th with their uh, special episode premiere. I heard it was actually up to two or three episodes. Yeah, it was 70 minutes. But it really didn't feel like episodes that had been stitched together. I know they've done that before with the Clone Wars. Well, Like with the Clone Wars movie. Yeah. There, there were a couple moments where it definitely felt like, okay, this was where a commercial should have been. Yeah. Uh, and so there were a couple of times where I was like questioning, like, okay, was this the end of it? Or is this, oh, oh nope, this must have been a commercial break. But mm. the, the pacing of the show like that, like you could tell like they were still planning to air it. So mm. it definitely had some, some chapter feels to it. But because you and I, we've been following, you know, basically the Filoni side of, of television of Star Wars. That has always kind of been his claim to fame is, is stitching together three, four episodes. The episode Making arcs. that movie feel. You yes. Know? Yeah. No. I. It, it became. It was a, a trademark because he would always like bookend the Clone Wars seasons, and and there'd be plenty in between as well. But with these four episode arcs that were basically mini movies, like you remember the um, the Mon Calamari arc, the Mon Cala War. We got that as an episode arc. And the Pong Krell. The, oh, cr- oh. the The Maldalorians. Yep. Yep. Uh, it, it's funny because like the Darth Maul was sort of a series of arcs, very very much like serialized television or serialized movies that George. Lucas would have grown up with, um, which only makes sense because George Lucas was executive producing at the time. So um, the arc feel, it, it makes me wonder if Bad Batch, the extent to which they'll follow that, or if this will feel more like just a regular episodic series. I'm feeling the episodicness. I, I, I gotta say, I am really refreshed that they didn't change, alter, or tweak the animation style in some new way for this show. This is, in all intents and purposes, 
you know, season eight of the Clone Wars. And I, I think that that is cool. I love yeah. that. And the fact that, that it's focused on Clone Force 99, we get to see, you know, the, the heart of the clone story. Yes. You know, everything else from the Clone Wars, the Jedi and everything has been peeled back. Now we're going to move forward and find out what happens to the clones from here. How do we get to stormtroopers of the nature that we see in the films that are different from the clones that we see in the prequels? And so far, they're doing a really good job of that. I, I, I love, mm. again, how the animation style is just a pickup from where we left off. So you can use any model that you already have out there. And I think that, that was brilliant on their part, too. Um, but, man, you know, there, there was... Highs and lows for me with that first <laughs> episode, dude. You know, I was I was on cloud nine. You know, don't get me wrong. I, had, I was so stoked when it yeah. was over. And I'm like, I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna grab Kane in the last Padawan. I'm gonna Let's, see how these line up. I, oh God. <laughs> We'll, we'll God, get there. Buddy. You know, we'll get there. I, let's do it this way, Mark. Let's approach it. We're going to dive right in. We won't beat around the bush. Let's go ahead and approach our review of the episode. Um, but I would like to fold the continuity discussion into a box and talk about that at the very end. <laughs> I like, I like it. Because like otherwise we'll get in the weeds too soon. I do add to talk about right. the overall episode. Because I went into the series with what I would best describe as a middling level of expectation. I did not expect it to be... Because um, I, I was comparing it to the most recent Clone Wars episodes, which to me were hit and miss. The finale, huge hit, where it went parallel with um, Revenge of the Sith in season, season 7. We get to see what happens with... Rex and with Ahsoka, like amazing. The right. the Trace and Rafa side adventure, not so much. Uh, it was a, a, along with some of the previous mediocre arcs from the Clone Wars. So I wasn't really if and and the bad and the Bad Batch arc in the Clone Wars. I just kind of I liked. I didn't love. And so when I found out they're doing a whole series dedicated to the Bad Batch, my reaction, and I think a lot of us is reaction, and, and tell me if I'm wrong. I'm curious, especially if you guys are listening, email starwarsreport at gmail.com. I, I got this sort of sense of, huh? <laughs> the Bad Batch? Like, you mean the clones that we met once in the very last season? We, right. we, like, we could follow Rex and, and some of the guys who go, go on to Star Wars Rebels, Fill in that gap, Wolf. I believe I'm trying to remember all the, the his his gang. Uh, I I figured like you would at least people that we've been with for a long time. I thought it was just an odd choice of all the characters in the Clone Wars. You could do an animated spinoff series. Um, that's not the one I would have thought of. I think a, a, an animated series spinoff series centered on, um, uh. Why did I just blank on Count Dooku's apprentice? It's uh, oh, God. Asajj Dooku Ventress. Ass- <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Sit, I, I sit. have a, I have a feeling I have a feeling this is this is going to be one of those days, Mark, um, where my <laughs> brain is not going to cooperate. I'm getting old. Um, no, Asajj Ventress. Like because we 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 got the book and where there's already a template for like her story and and the Clone Wars had those episodes. Um, scripted out and even in animatic form and then they made it into the book. I can't remember the name of the book. If you remember, let me know. Uh, Dark Disciple. Dark Disciple. Great book. Great Dark, book. Can you imagine Christine Dark Gold. Disciples as like an animated miniseries on um, 
Disney Plus. Well, the great thing about how that was done, like when you're reading it, even though Christy Golden wrote the book, it was taken from what they were going to. So it definitely you could envision it like it being episodic. And then knowing the character models from the Clone Wars, like I I found that Mm -hmm. that relation in my mind really had it playing out really well for me i, I really love that story i thought it was really good yeah yeah and, and and there there are other directions like whether it was rex or or cody and what happened to them like if you want to tell the clone story specifically during the fallout and that you know the transition to uh, stormtroopers and the stuff that they bring up i'm just surprised that they use the characters they just introduced us to in the sort of um I, I in a roundabout way kind of see where they're going for it though because it kind of makes sense if if you think about what the biggest things that the clone wars did when lucas and filoni were starting it was it pushed karen travis out sure and one of the things karen travis was known for was the mandalorians taking the culture of the mandalorians and making that a background and bedrock for the clones Mm. most notably the version of the bad batch from her books was the null squad yep uh and and those were all the advanced the republic uh, commandos right yeah the republic commandos you had uh, ordo and all them uh and their story was the heart of her story them being the ones that weren't genetically modified i mean they were in the sense you know they were going to be put down because they resisted orders um so so that when i see this bad batch i see those kind of res- you know those similarities going on and so I was like, okay, so we've got, you know, the pre-clones, you know, we know Rex knows about the chip, so we know that, you know, Gregor's going to show up and Wolf's going to be there at some point, so they get de-chipped because we see their scars and rebels, so I'm, I'm automatically expecting, like, they're going to have to run into Rex, and as the first, you know, three episodes come out, I'm, I'm already seeing, like, eventually... They haven't said it yet, but I, I feel like they're going to have to end up finding Rex um, and that Rex is going to have to tell them about it because the chip is definitely starting to play a bigger factor into the story. And I think that that's also a great avenue with the Bad Batch because they have the chips, but because of the nature of their how they were created, their chips aren't working or that is the question and we're slowly mm. kind of peeling back the onion there. And they that's are. a question that I have been dying to know more about. Whereas Karen Travis's take on it wasn't an actual chip. It was more just an indoctrining of kind of almost like a brainwashing of like, you will follow orders. You will follow orders. You will follow orders. And so like, there's a different take on that. But I, when I you know, saw where we were going with the group of Clone Force 99, that mm-hmm. was that connection I got. So I was like, hmm, I think we could do a lot with this. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and I think that I, I, when you say it that way, it's a little, it makes more sense to me. Like if I put myself in the proverbial boardroom listening to a pitch for an animated series for Disney+, Plus, I can see why the archetypes work as sort of a military commando unit with big personalities. That is a Hollywood template that we've seen many times over whether it's fast and furious movies whether it's um the a team you know there's a lot of um a lot of movies where you see the handful of quirky military guys from a commando unit or even you know the ones that become the criminals like the oceans 11 kind of thing or even the fast and the furious kind of stuff yeah no exactly well and they um, kind of are becoming the criminal element in the world of star wars because they don't follow their programming 
Right, right. Um, so for me, when when you know, I'm trying to keep the other two episodes off. That first 70 minute episode yeah. was aftermath. fantastic. Yeah, let's talk. Um, let's talk aftermath. Right, aftermath. Oh no, no. I mean, aftermath of the show, not the book. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> so you mentioned Dark Disciple. Yes, and I want to point out one of the things that was so great about that was the way that the book complemented the episodes and the characters from the episodes. And I was looking forward to the similar thing when I was done with the episode. I was like, you know, we'll go back to Kane in the last Padawan. And that's a great comic. I absolutely love it. And I knew there were some differences when I was watching it, but it wasn't like profoundly like, huh? Right. Like I was just like, hmm, if I'm, like, I don't remember it being yeah. like that, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, once I take, that aspect out the Kane and the last Padawan, the fact that we have Caleb Dune showing up yes. and the differences between the comic book and this episode. I take, I take that the question and or problem that that arises. And we'll talk about that later. I take that one out and 100% this op, it was an, an excellent episode. I absolutely loved it all the way around hands down. Um, my only issue would be, and we'll get to that in the continuity question when we get to that part was, why you know like why why make an issue that you didn't have to um but i think that the way that they went about the story for the bad batch and tying their story into order 66 was a brilliant move i may question whether or not bringing caleb dune and his master in was the best idea um but we'll get back to that that later yeah Uh, i like the idea of uh the omega Cologne. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they started calling her Omega, I was like, I, I immediately went to the Null arc, the Alphas, and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, dude, she's got to be a clone. Like, she even kind of has a young Boba Fett well, look. So the dead oh. giveaway for me with Omega was that she was a clone in some form or fashion related to Jango Fett or the template, whether it's one of the other clones or however they however they cut slice this pie. But right. it's the fact that she has a thick New Zealander accent. And I'm like, okay. Come on, that's definitely that means she's got to be related just just by fact of they they nailed that sort of exaggerated uh, accent. Well, and it was so exaggerated, I didn't catch that it was Omega at first. I thought her name was Omega. <laughs> I was like, I can't even. Or Omega, a, as everybody's yeah, saying, like, Omega. Yeah, yeah, because she said would say Omega, and I was like. Is that? And then I put the subtitles on the second time I watched it. I'm like, okay, it is Omega. Uh oh, oh yeah. Yeah, Omega's <laughs> best friend, best friends with crosshair. They're like, yeah, like, that's my best attempt. And and I loved how she was like a total groupie when they showed up. She's like, and I know you, and I know you. And I'm like, yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know anything about you, kid, but like you're pretty cool. I, I kind of dig you. Yeah. And I like the the princess from the Never Ending Story vibe. Have you seen those memes? I you know them side I'm by not. Side? See, I don't know the source material. I have to confess. Oh yeah, the childlike it. empress. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that, and and that is and we get to see. So the setting is, after that initial, you know, Order sixty six drops. And then um, that sets up sort of the confrontation and the conflict between, um, I, I, I want to make sure, because I, I, I've been guilty before of calling the names incorrectly, but the, the oh, for, between Hunter, Hunter and Crosshair. And, Crosshair um, and, and the idea of, uh, and, and also, just like, it was so cool to see how they're like, the equivalent of an army of clones. Like it's a, I love that stereotype when they initially come to take out the battle droids. Um, yeah. And we do get to meet captain gray who was also from the comic. If I remember correctly. Um, 
was uh, he was also named uh, comic book captain, I guess. Trying to remember. Well, see, I didn't catch that. I didn't know they actually named him Grave. So yeah. kudos there because I didn't think I was really irritated. I didn't see. I'm her cheating. I'm, I'm cheating and referencing Wikipedia. But yeah, her it is Captain Gray is her clone is Depa Balaba's clone captain. Um, so I, I, I the the Order sixty six moment um, just on its face was really exciting to me because that's one of my favorite. Not favorite, but it's certainly one of the most impactful moments in Star Wars for me, and and I I think it's brilliantly done, and it's such a pivotal moment. It represents so much in Revenge of the Sith that to drill down and see it again with all of the context that we now have from the Clone Wars, um, it really does add a le- layer of complexity and and a and, and a character arc to this already tragic event which i've have, i've heard some criticism before of the order 66 sequence in revenge of the sith mm-hmm. that it's um it kind of goes by awfully fast and we don't really know any of the jedi that are dying that well so it really wasn't that impactful i don't i don't get it man cuz and and maybe it's the age I was when I saw Revenge of the Sith for the first time. I was like 13, 14. No, because I I I've got a good chunk of a couple decades on you and I had the same reaction you did. Like, I had this like, it was Some people are just made of stone. It's not so and well no, it's, here's the deal. I understand. I'm not it's not I was not moved by the Order 66 sequence. I was not moved nearly to tears by the by because I loved Plo Koon. Or, like, it was the music. Or like Keanu Money. Let's me. be honest. A big part of that's freaking John Williams. But John Williams <laughs> captured. I think what John Williams' music does to me in that moment is it has this sort of Greek tragedy element where you understand that this is the final collapse of the Jedi Order and all of the good it represented and all of the good it strove to be and failed to be. Like all of that was wrapped up in that sequence. And I guess if you just if if that's not your thing and the prequels aren't your thing and, and you don't really care about the Jedi order or what they represent, then maybe it just doesn't matter as much to you and doesn't have the same kind of significance. But as a kid who's the first film I saw was the Phantom Menace and I saw, you know, what the Jedi order was meant to be and, and, and Qui-Gon Jinn representing what a Jedi really should be and setting that template. And you see the seeds of corruption and, you know, even in attack of the clones, Yoda identifies that, um, the Jedi become arrogant and, and like, so the seeds of that fall and that tragedy are planted along the way. And then it's just like, it all collapses in one final tragic, uh, you know, Greek style tragedy with the murder of all of the Jedi. So I think that was to me, the impact of the sequence wasn't that I, you know, was a, a huge Plo Koon fan. <laughs> so I guess I say that to say now that we're revisiting order 66, it's really cool to see, um, you know, Master Balaba and and Kanan, this story that we know, which in the moment, it's been a long time since I've read the uh, comic. I'm like, oh yeah, it's just like in the comic. I mean, I, and it's like, I feel like some dif- some slight differences were there, but you know what? Largely, it's, you know, it's we get to see a nice little cameo of, uh, you know, I immediately recognized Freddie Prince Jr.'s voice. I guess oh. we're, getting, we're I guess we're getting into it now, which is fine. Right, um, right. So many people in that voice. Like, like I, I appreciated that it was Freddie Prince, but... It was Kanan as an adult. I was like, wait, dude, no. I like that they didn't try to pitch it up or anything or change it at all. Right. It's just like, eh, just just, just throw it on. 
But it was. I immediately recognized the voice, and I I knew it was him. But then, of course, they do specify Caleb Doom. Uh, you know, turn to camera. You remember Caleb Doom? That's that's it's Kanan. It's Kanan, guys. It's Kanan. And it was a wink at the uh, like. If you haven't watched Star Wars Rebels, you wouldn't know. So it's it, it is legitimately framed as a as a wink and a nod to fandom, which is something we're used to in Star Wars. They do this all the time. So it's uh, and I appreciate them um, usually, but. That's the whole sequence, um, but uh, the the differences to the comic were actually pretty substantial, and I and they I, are literally night and day. <laughs> so, all right, we will we're gonna keep opinions out first, but just structurally walk us through because right. even for myself, it had been a long time since I'd read the comics. I didn't remember it that much, and it didn't bother me in the moment that much. That's how I'm going to set the stage. Right. But just structurally, was... start me out with that, Mark. What were the differences between the way this story was told in the comic books of Order 66 for young Kanan there versus we'll, Order 66 we'll for young Kanan here? A little reversed. We'll start with the Bad Batch episode, okay. and then we'll come back Deal. because that's how I was digesting. Okay. Right. Um, so when it goes down, we see... Caleb show up. It's daytime on Caller. So we're like, okay, cool. Man, we're checking out the comics. We know about that. Um, I did miss that it was Captain Gray. So I that, w- that was a complaint I can take off in a sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't catch at the time that Captain Gray's armor was completely wrong. So I was, I was still okay with it at that moment. Uh, and then... Uh, you know, Bilaba, she's talking to, to Gray and she's like, where's my Padawan? And that's when Caleb shows up. He's leading Bad Batch in. They have mm-hmm. this kind of little moment. Um, and, you know, everything's kind of, you know, copacetic. You know, we're in the middle of a battle in the Clone Wars. Everything's going up. We know that events are getting closer to Order 66 because we've got word coming down up on high. Uh, Caleb's going to go off with the Bad Batch to do some mission. And that's when Order 66 drops. In the middle of the daytime, uh, Gray gets the order. Balaba notices it. She starts defending, blocking and stuff. The Bad Batch don't get the order. They don't really know what's kind of going on at this point. Uh, But she says the famous, you know, run, which is a key moment. Like that was, you know, I definitely got goosebumps and and felt the thing. Yeah, I remember Uh, that from the, I remember that exactly from the comic. Yeah. Right. So, you know, Caleb runs off. He ends up getting into a confrontation with Hunter uh, while the rest of the Bad Batch is trying to chase him down because they're trying to figure out what the heck's going on too. Um and then he ends up running off and taking off, and that's kind of like the last we see of Caleb, right? And then mm-hmm. the Bad Batch go on with the rest of their part of the episode. Uh, and then, so I, I, I grab the comic, you know, because a lot of people complained about the model used for Caleb in this. And I will point out that, again, someone was paying attention to the comic. The model that they used for Caleb is the model that was used for the cover of almost every single of the Caleb, the last Padawan comic. The downside though, is that every one of those covers, Caleb does not look at all like he looks in the comic. They'd never once used the model for the actual character from the comic. So by using the one that's on the cover of the book, you've now got a Kanan that doesn't look like the Kanan in the comic. So we've got a separate Kanan there. Uh, Bilaba's lightsaber color is different. That's a different continuity issue that they just decided to roll with. They changed it somewhere along the line. Mm -hmm. Not a big deal there. But the biggest difference when we grab the comic here is that, you know, when they start out on Caller, it's still in the morning and, and uh, Gray and Styles, you know, they're just telling them, you know, how's it, how's it, welcome to Caller, how's it going? Uh, great moments there. And later that day, uh, they go to the main battle, they do their stuff, and then that night, 
They're all together. They have this great little moment where the uh, Captain Styles and Commander Gray are around the campfire with Balaba and Kanan and stuff. And that's where issue one ends with Gray getting execute Order sixty six. Yes, my lord. And then the next issue, and this is the one where, when as we go into this more, I I stopped and was like, now how hard would this been to make these two line up? Because it it doesn't line up as we go along. But I yeah. I grabbed the second issue in less than five minutes, and I'll get there when we do. I could make it work. Uh, but so we get it. Caleb's sitting on the ground around the campfire with Balaba. She had just gave him a holocron, the one that he's going to use. It's going to be you know, pretty key to Rebels later. Not mentioned in this at all. It's not relevant because really, I remind myself of this. The comic is Caleb's memory. The Bad Batch are the clones. So and it's about the Bad Batch. Up, it's the Bad Batch's right. story. Right. So if they don't line up, you know, artistic license, yada, yada, yada. That's not really the point of why continuity issues irritate me though we'll get there still uh so they get the moment and they have to line good soldiers follow orders execute order 66 execute the jedi and balaba starts flinging her blade around and you know they're like now and what i love in this moment is it's caleb's internal thoughts no i don't run because i freeze up instead while i stand there stupidly caitlin and remo go down two of the clones that were with this group then mix loses his head uh, attacks and loses his head as balaba literally cuts his head off these are my friends and master balaba is killing them to stop them from killing us padawan run or fight but don't stand there what oh yes master and he starts swinging his lightsaber and blocking and stuff too soot and big mouth go down at my hand two days ago we all shared a right melaron i mean and literally like his entire group is all turning against him these are clone names that we've just gotten that they could have added in there again i didn't catch the gray was the name they used but their armor is a different color they got red armor in this in the episode their armor is green wouldn't be such a big deal except for all the way through the rest of that episode they're constantly highlighting that all the clones were red with their armor it's like but you couldn't follow the comic? Okay. okay. Uh, so she does her thing. She yells, run. You must run. He starts to go and run up the hill. The one clone looks to the other. Styles looks to Gray. And he's like, cut the kid off. Cut the kid down. Done and done. And then she goes, Styles, no. She extends her hand out with the force. Caleb turns around, watches her get shot in the back. Master. She goes down. The clones shoot her some more. The kid on it. And they start to go after him. And he runs off. Right? Mm. And again, this happens at night. So there's definite differences. So, so boil it down to me, though. So, so what, what I care most about is sort of um, the story and the character motivations. Because, like, lightsaber color, armor, time of day, don't care. Like, it, it, that's right. just me, me as a fan. But the, the structure of highlighting the tragedy of Order 66 by the friendship... Um, I, I feel like the story worked really well in the comic, and what worked about it was um, highlighting the friendship of um, Styles and Gray with Kanan and, and, and Deva Balaba, and, and that really showed a personal tragedy. Like, and as I was talking yeah. about, we never got that with the original Order 66. We kind of felt yeah. it maybe for Cody a little bit because they have some witty lines back and forth throughout the movie, but you never really see that relationship between the clones and the Jedi, and we do throughout the Clone Wars, so it makes sense that if you're going to tell Order 66 from a Clone Wars perspective, like the Bad Batch is, that you would want to highlight the connection that the clones had to their Jedi masters. And they wipe, that's the part that they wiped out that didn't make sense to me. Cause you could have just added the bad batch, but still included 
not, maybe not the time of day or something like that, but well, the whole element of like um, the, their friendship and connection with Depa and Kanan and, and the whole like finishing the battle, the qu- peace and quiet of sitting around the campfire and the contrast mm-hmm. of how that gut punch, the execute order 66 comes. But right? it, that's all rolled past for the bad batch. Grant, this is the bad batch. This is, that's the tale of the story. But I do really think that we're lying to ourselves if we're not saying that something wasn't lost in translation between mm-hmm. the way it was told in the comic book and the way it was told here. Just because it's a story about the Bad Batch doesn't mean you needed to just... Well, don't I, use I can't Kanan believe... just to use Kanan and then basically what, it, it really dump. felt like, they, oh, we really just want to force this cameo because we like Kanan. Not because right. it's part of the story. It didn't feel. It felt horseshoed into the Bad Batch. It's almost like the Bad Batch story didn't need to have this element. Um, well, it, and, it, and you're dead on with the relationship between Kanan and Styles and Gray because that is a key element of why Kanan later in Rebels does not trust Rex because he did trust clones. Yeah, and no, clones that's true. It's a big part of him. the story. Big part of the story. Right. Now, now, so I just real quick while we're in this, and this, I feel this is a perfect spot to do the jump in. Within five minutes, I grabbed issue two, and I was able to figure out how to have retooled Bad Batch. Since Bad Batch is the new story, you conform to the other story. You take the comic as your blueprint because it's all canon. Yeah. And you go with the events there. So when you have them show up on Caller that morning, that's fine. You can have after, uh, let's see, by the third page in or fourth page after that first battle's over and uh, gen- right before we see General Cleave, we could have a moment where uh, Bilaba and Gray are standing there with Styles in their armor, just like the comic, have them mention their names and say, where's my Padawan? Have him have met the Bad Batch and bring him in, have that whole moment. But instead of Caleb going off with them, Bad Batch goes off, does their mission, right? But we don't go off with Bad Batch. We stay with Bilaba. We go to later that night and they're sitting around the campfire and as Bad Batch is coming back in that moment... Now you do the same thing, just like it was in the comic here in issue two, when it starts off with Order 66 happening. And as I had just read here on the podcast, when you get into Caleb's point of view and he starts talking about the clone troopers that are his friends, he gives you the names of everybody you need. You could have a moment where you know, Gray turns to all the other clones and says, you know, Kalen, Remo, I want you guys to go up to the top. I want Mix. I want you to go over here. You know, mm-hmm. drop their names in a quick moment. Check, 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 check. Hey, this is all tying in together. Have that moment where she defends him. She gets shot. He runs away from them up the hill. By this point, we're in issue two. There's like six uh, pages in or so. Before he gets to the main city, there is a scene where he is running through the woods and the clones go chase him. In that moment, you have him run into Bad Batch. You have that moment and the rest of the episode plays out. Within five minutes of grabbing issue number two, I could find a way to do that. Mm. Now, my issue with the continuity problem here is, you know, you want to bring in Caleb Dune to tie it in with your story. But, but if you're going to do that Mm. and you already have Caleb's version of order 66 in a physical format, that is, as we were told all Canon now then you don't go in and you rewrite it for the sake of rewriting it. You don't give us the characters and change everything about them. I, and that's where I have a pause moment where I'm like, 
you know, why do we acknowledge the comic and then turn around and disregard it all? Who chose that? They're That's all the small. weird part yes. to me. That's the weird part. It's like, oh, we just want to include Kanan, but and, and include Order sixty six. So they just like horseshoe them together but they skipped the most important part which is not just the comic say the comic didn't exist but the important thing to communicate was kanan's lack of trust in clones yeah and that's such a huge part of the story that like even if the comic didn't exist and they had nothing to keep up with i still feel like it would be a gap if we don't like see the the betrayal and, and and yes, I I should I should caution myself. We saw a version. We saw obviously the clones betrayed Kanan and his master, and it was tragic. But I'm just saying that the way it was told in the comic was more was was more effortlessly not effortless. Was it was a better version of that story? And I think they just didn't go that route because they didn't want to tell that story. So instead, they just sort of like mishmashed the two together and just included what they wanted to and didn't try. Like It really feels like they just, in the same way that, um, and here's the difference now. So I care about this one. I'm being a, all right, so ladies and gentlemen, Riley is now being a hypocrite. I'm self-identifying. Hello, my name's Riley, and I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> um, because I didn't care about this one iota when it happened with Clone Wars season, sec- season 7 and the Ahsoka novel, and it's completely mm-hmm. incompatible with like Rex and Ahsoka's story there versus how it goes down in the novel. And I remember similar consternation for those who are big fans of the Ahsoka novel, and I was like, big whoop, whatever, it's a book. <laughs> That's like always, I've always been that guy. I've been the guy who doesn't really care about continuity between the comics books and, and, and on screen. But in this case, I do care, and it's because of how brilliantly and how well told that Kanan comic was. It was one of the first Marvel comics I, I, I dove into in the Disney era. So it's just made, it did make me sad. It's not like something that was bothering me in the moment. I didn't even really remember much about the story because it's been years since I read it. But I'm just saying that they had such a great source material that they were seemed like they were more concerned with shoehorning the character in without actually addressing some of the big motivations and the big you know, character evolution that happens in that critical moment of Order 66 for Kanan's, you know, in Kanan's life. It it raises the questions as to like, you know, was it a collective choice? Was it one person's choice? The jokes I've seen are, you know, well, yeah, it's Filoni. He learned under George Lucas, and that's a classic George Lucas move. And I'm like, <laughs> it is a classic. That, 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 we know yeah, before right. before we had somebody to blame. Let's be honest. Like before, George would make those decisions. He's like, right. I don't. I want the Mandalorians different. They're peace. They're they're pacifists now. I'm George Lucas. Uh, that's that's what. I, that, but that's not the case anymore. So it's hard to know exactly how these decisions are made. Well, we know to a degree from Legends because a big issue with Legends was they didn't want to go back into these eras Mm. and have their creative freedom taken from them, have their hands tied, have to have to read all these things. Which, by the way, I'm very sympathetic to. For me, as a fan, I was excited that they decided to split the continuity and do their own thing. I wanted that. Right. It's... it's You know, what I... Like, the one example I was using with you for our patron stuff was... The Jedi Academy trilogy, right? It's three books. It yeah. talks about Luke's first class. And then I Jedi comes along. And one of the beautiful things Stackpole did when he wrote it was he took a character that was unnamed of the 11 or 12 members of Luke's first class. And he took one of those characters and gave us a character from that point of view that 
you know, when we get to his book, the first half of I Jedi is all set during that trilogy of books, but we're getting the whole story from Koran's point of view this time, but it all lines up with what came before. So that's why when I grabbed the second issue, I was like, you know, how hard would it have been? And it, it literally was less than five minutes. So I'm like, you know, story group, come on. Like I, I, I clearly, I want the story group to be doing more than what it's designed to do <laughs> because I, to me, it's like, if you've got a structure, then you kind of roll with that structure. You know, you don't just stream steamroll over it because you can, because what this does is this sets clear what they call, and I hate to say it, but I do love to say it canon levels. And that's what we had <laughs> with legends was, was people go, Oh, well it was never, it was never canon. But what it was, was an official continuity. And what that meant was you had levels to that, that you had the films, which were the absolute canon. And you can't contradict those. Then later came the T-level stuff, which was the films. But before those came in and changed things, you would then have your books and your comics on the C-level canon. And yeah, they would sometimes do things a little bit different, but they always would try to adhere to that G-level canon. And then you would have your secondary canons and stuff. And it was like, you know, one trumped the other kind of thing. And it was, oh, when then... They had the Clone Wars come out, and they're like, well, now we got a T-level canon, and that's going to trump the books and comics. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay. Yeah. But now what we're seeing, we've, you know, and, and they've all been small. Like, and that's, I think that that's been my thing. Like, I'm always like, you know, making a mountain out of a molehill with this because I was not as big a fan as everyone else of Legends getting rebooted and then put into the closet never to be touched again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I was enjoying that show, and a lot of the things that happened with Clone or with, uh, legend stories that made it really hard for new readers were the little continuity errors that were left and then they would retcon them away and when you have little things it's not such a big deal but then you get to bigger ones and it becomes more of a deal when it becomes the culture to be like oh well we'll just retcon it later that's a problem because that's what they were doing when the expanded universe was at its heyday and that is not a good way to go about storytelling you should not be sacrificing you know <laughs> that kind of stuff you shouldn't be like oh we want creative freedom but we're not going to worry about you know anything else we're just going to basically make it up as we go that's yeah. That's not well, part of what makes Star Wars great. I mean, you know, if you're going to do that, well, then let's open it back up and let's have Legends do its thing. Let's bring in the tales. Let's start telling new stories and new universes like they did with the Infinity stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, the whole point of this reboot was to have one consistent canon. But now what we have is we've got the novelization of uh, – the Force Awakens shows us a different injury to Finn than what we get in the film. So we know that the book is a lower level than the film because one is real and one wasn't. Now we've got another version. Which yeah. one is the you know definitive? And that's, I think, one of the things where when I think about the creative process and that creative freedom, it's like it took me less than five minutes to shut up fans about continuity. Hmm. You guys chose not to and you've gave us an, a, an avenue to complain is what you did. And you didn't have to. Yeah, it's small. It's so small, you could have done it in less than five minutes. Yeah. And you'd have had a better story told because I the, the five-minute correction I did doesn't compromise the integrity of either story. It makes them work flawlessly together. <laughs> yeah, and, and this isn't and, – and I don't, and I, I understand this. I want to clearly communicate to you listening to this podcast that Mark's not – Mark, you're not um, – this is not an arrogant thing where you're like, well, I could do it better. Why? It's right, stupid. Right. Your point is well taken in that um, in this case, there are times where uh, 
you know, due to production and editing, there's a mismatch between the novelization and the movie. Uh, that that's understandable. But when it comes to like the core character motivations, um, those kinds of contradictions matter because that really changes the story. And for me, that is what Star Wars is about, is the story, the characters. And so for me, I think that's why this one hit home more because to me, this is, a, this is a, not just a continuity error, but it was a um, ignoring... Uh, it, it, it ignored and omitted a really important part of Kanan's story. And they bothered to bring Kanan in as a tribute you know, quote unquote fan service, but as a tribute to this character that so many people love, uh, but left out a huge part of the, what motivated him to forget the day or night or color of lightsabers or, you know, it, it just, I think that's where the, the greatest sin comes from. And it was, you're right. I mean, let's be honest. It would have been so easy to, to avoid that. <laughs> right. People well, are like with gray. I'm like, wait, that was great. I had to go back and I'm like, man, that's like, how do you, I, I that's I'm curious as to how they, those type of things happen. Like, I don't think he said it in the episode. I think it's the episode to... guide and material that's identified oh, him as gray. Well, that that makes a little more sense. But I mean, it's it's like when when Carrie Fisher passed away. You know, like I was very curious as to you know what their options were, plus the option they chose to go with in the end before we knew about any of it. You know, and yeah. I mean we're still slowly finding out a lot of those details. But I mean. Mm. When I think about, you know, like what I think a story group should be doing is I would think that there'd be the people that sit in with these kind of things and are like, hey, by the way, we've got this great comic over here. You know, you're going to bring Kanan in and explain his Order 66 moment. Well, you know, issue two of Kanan, the last Padawan, that's the focus of the first 10 pages. And there's not even a lot of dialogue. You might want to check it out before you guys get too deep in your storytelling process. <laughs> and the fact that that doesn't happen... I, I, it just made, I mean, it raises it so might many happen. questions. One of two things: it, either it's not happening, or it's happening, and they don't they don't care and just ignore it. Right, and then I'm like, I'm like, okay, so who's saying ignore it? Because I want, I want. You know, <laughs> I, I remember when Jimmy was like talking about, you know, give me the head of Skywalker, give me the head of the story group. Who do we? <laughs> but yeah. no, I mean, I'm not that angry. I, I just. I, I just it's it's awesome when these things actually do line up mm. and the story is more cohesive, um, yes. and it is a small thing, but I, sure, I, I feel like as a person that enjoys continuity, it's like, but why do we always have to take it on the chin? Like it is such a small thing. Why why couldn't we just take the time? Like, God, dang it, guys, <laughs> come on. Yeah. But anyway, you guys I love know what plot holes do to your rotten tomatoes. Yeah, I right? said I say all of this, <laughs> dude. dude. I have sorry. I, uh, t- <clears throat> I totally love the episode. I'm not even gonna lie. I thought it was great. <laughs> I right. said all of that, and it's still an amazing piece of Star Wars. Actually, we'll, we'll, we're going to clean uh, reset our palette here. I think we've set our piece well uh, on the uh, continuity side of things, but uh, we got a little yep. bit more Bad Batch to talk about. Of course, music composed by the inimitable Kevin Kiner, who did all the music for Rebels and Clone Wars. And I, I really like that main theme. Actually, it was, it's just been posted on YouTube, on Kevin Kiner's uh, YouTube channel uh, nice. today. It's the first official release of Bad Batch music. But I really like their, uh, their opening title music. 
Not even gonna lie. Yeah. Uh, Inter uh, batch. I, I I was not expecting them to break up the batch. I, I that was a unique twist, and moving forward, I am very excited as where we go. Um, it's yeah. Well, I, I I got these figures on pre-order, so I'm like, I can't wait to get the figures for these. So I'm all excited about that. And then, yeah. you know, we get to the end of that first episode, and the conflict between Hunter and Crosshairs comes to a head. And I was yeah. I was not ready. I was like, wait, are they real? And as the other two episodes that have came out, I mean, you haven't seen the third one, but they do talk about that. And what they talk about gives me promise for where we go forward with this. Like I, you know, we, we, we were talking about how, you know, the order 66 scene doesn't do justice to Caleb's character, but the whole episode does great justice for the clones. Um, you know, like, like I, I you see those means of, uh, it's a, a D Bradley Baker world. And we're all just living in it. I mean, you know, he's having a, a heyday and, <laughs> yes, and being is. able to do all these different voices and I, characters and have these moments. And then we get to watch the clones like, uh, listen to this. And they all celebrate to the empire stuff. And, and echoes like, uh, that seems like a switch. Check like, the, this, they're, they're check, check out now. this little clip. He was on an interview uh, show last week. Just jump back and forth between each one. So if Wrecker over here is uh, talking to Crosshair, and then Tech chimes in, and then Hunter has something to say, and then Echoes has something to say as well, I can just jump back and forth because I feel like I know them. I, it's feeling I, It's like I can see them. It's like they live inside my head. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's awesome. He does. He does it a fabulous job. Fabulous job. I'm. I'm a big fan of all of these characters, except Wrecker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. He's a little over the top. He's a little much. He, Man, and, and you haven't seen the third episode. No, I haven't. Ah, not. dang it. No. But I'm you know, hoping, I did. Okay, I'm gonna you, I'm gonna put a hope out there. It's not a spoil okay, because right. it's a hope. It's, it's, <laughs> okay, it's a complete right. speculation. Tread carefully, my there friend. Is, there is there is a a gesture that Wrecker does in the third episode mm -hmm. that I'm like, what happened with Crosshair? I'm wondering if he might be next, and I'm like, <gasps> if that is like, because you know we were talking about how the chip, you know, and, and mm -hmm. how the chip works, and yeah, I kind of get a feeling like that's going to become something that they're going to be figuring out and eventually they're going to get a hold of Rex. Yeah. But I, I think that I think Wrecker might be the next one to pull what happened with Crosshair and that's going to be what's pushing them is because they're going to be starting to have that moment of like, do we could all kind of, you know, become somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, at least that's my hope. Like, mm. uh, yeah, just from a quick little passing, touching the hand of the head happening a lot. I'm like, hmm, this seems a little awkward. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do appreciate that, uh, and I know you talked about it. I didn't want to gloss over it too much. The the splitting of the crew and the and the um, the contrast between Crosshair and Hunter. I really I love how they've contrasted those two characters and kind of even pitted, pitted them against each other. Um, mm -hmm. I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, and, and well, in the second episode is where we see the Empire start to mess with this chip. So it's yes. it's not only do you get orders, but we can go in and do a diagnostic, and and then you need a little more rage here. Let's dial that up a bit. Like what? That was <laughs> that's that's where this has started to get a little creepy. Let's be honest. Because so yeah, <laughs> right? the second episode is called Cut and Run. <laughs> get it? Yeah, cut because yeah, yeah. it's all about it goes back to the season two episode of the Clone Wars, which I rewatched by the way, 
after watching it, I, I watched, I forget what the name of the uh, original Clone Wars episode was, um, but that featured Cut Laquane, the defector from the Republic. Deserter. Deserter. Tr- um, but it is, uh, takes place on Seleucami, which I know well from my Battlefront on PSP game oh, yeah. that I played many, many, many times during my high school years. Ah. Oh. Good times, good times. So Seleucami is one of my favorite planets, just in terms of design. But it's also really cool to see us return there where the Bad Batch uh, become guests of the Laquains. The Laquains uh, home uh, farmstead where we saw them in the Clone Wars. If you guys haven't seen the episode, because I realize uh, it's been so long, some of you guys may not have actually seen it, but um, Cut Laquain is a um, clone who, when all of his you know, fellow clones die in battle. Uh, he decides to lay down arms, leave the life of the military, start a family. And there's this whole sort of philosophical, it's a very philosophical episode where Captain Rex doesn't really understand and they have this whole back and forth. Um, and uh, we, we sort of almost see a, a repeat of that in so, of sorts, but we, uh, we get to see the Bad Batch um, I don't know, like take refuge as, as, as fugitives of the empire now <laughs> mm-hmm. on the chain codes. Yes. Um, that's interesting because like, so I'm almost finished with alphabet squadron victories price. And there is a story arc for one of the characters that for them ends up taking them back to Coruscant and they got to take out a database yeah, and it definitely ties back to all this because the database knows everything. It's like everything mm. anyone has ever done wrong. Palpatine has put it on this database, and these chain codes are definitely the start of that. So we're we're seeing how that kind of plays out. Um, they're introduced in this episode. They do talk about them a little bit more in the, in the following episode. Um, the following episode also brings in, if you've been following the toys, you know about the Elite Squad. Uh, mm-hmm. We finally see them and human stormtroopers as as the as Tarkin and the other new guy that gets introduced in the third one. They talk over, you know, what's better, a clone versus a regular. Oh, um, it's really you know, interesting being, that they, they bring this debate to the forefront because I know mm-hmm. it's, for the layman – uh, outside of the world of Star Wars fandom, it's so a lot of people watch the prequels and just assumed, oh, that must mean all the stormtroopers are clones. Which right, of is and not I the case. love that they're doing this in a show. Like it's like you finally want to know. Like, sweet, here's a whole TV series about it, and you can find out exactly. Like, it, first episode starts with Order sixty six with them all changing, and and I mean, and I think by episode three of this, it's definitely clear that that's what happened. It's not just a, you know they got the orders. It reset a lot of these guys like they are literally different people now and it's like holy crap like i mean you know even with legends and stuff like i mean i've had that concept and stuff but it's never been thrown in your face like that from the clones perspective they're like yeah that's not you don't know this guy yeah 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 that's true that's true and i liked how the episode ended with a with a heist for the chain codes Mm -hmm. that was pretty cool um, and, and to see tech really kind of take his place in the group. Um, mm-hmm. and, 
he is kind of conveniently able to create fake chain codes awfully quickly after they just learned what these things are. But, you know, it works for the show. He's the tech guy. You know, he's tech. So it makes sense. Um, And and so you get to see their escape. But I'm excited to jump into the next episode. It sounds pretty good. You're you're intriguing me, Mark. But don't say any more. I'm I'm ready. Mm -hmm. We're literally after after I wrap up this episode, we're gonna talk all about it. But uh, you know, I I I want to pause for a second and just take a moment to say thanks to everybody supporting the show and continuing to support the show on Patreon. Uh, Hop over Patreon.com/slash/StarWarsReport. Even in times where life's been crazy. Uh, there's been a gap in episodes um, and, and bonus content, but as we've had some free time today, uh, Mark and I sat down and we were finally able to catch up on life, COVID times, reopening, uh, my recent return to, you know, the first vacation in like two years uh, with me and Savannah almost um, since all of this stuff happened. So we get to some real life talk and a little bit of Star Wars talk as well in Rogue Transmissions, our Patreon exclusive podcast. Uh, you can listen to it at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report and support the show directly. Chip in a few bucks each month. Help us out with hosting costs, uh, costs associated with the show. Uh, and we really do appreciate it. Every single penny goes into improving the show, equipment, uh, and so much more. Um, and, and man, I'm, I'm excited for the... Even though... This always happens when I have to take a break for a while, Mark. I'm I'm now more (laughs) excited about the future of the show uh, than I ever have been because we got some pretty exciting news uh, about Star Wars Celebration. It's happening. It's actually happening. (laughs) Yeah, Isn't it already sold out still? It's happening even sooner than we thought. The news is here. Uh, Mark, I'll answer your question. It is sold out. Kind of, but I have done some investigative reporting, uh, Mr. Herleman, and I'm ready to debut that. uh, In fact, I have an exclusive, based on my vast journalistic experience, exclusive. The good kind of exclusive. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Star Wars Celebration Anaheim is on. Not only that, Reed Pop has officially announced that it is be- being moved to Memorial Day weekend, 2022. It's moved up several months, and it's happening. Let's talk about it. All right, Mr. Hurlman, uh Star Wars Celebration, you asked if it's sold out, and I, that's really the investigative part. <laughs> of my report which is i delved into they 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 didn't say anything other than it's happening and they gave uh some uh, some current expected safety guidelines that they're working for covid um but uh the big question is it sold out before like in five seconds right and let me tell you something i missed celebration chicago because i was at uh a mandatory Air Force training event uh, that I could not, or training course that I could not take leave during, uh, which was really tragic for me. I was I missed my first stateside Star Wars celebration since 2010, and it made me really sad. So I've really wanted to be going to this one. I really wanted to prioritize making it out there, um, but I don't have a ticket <laughs> because it's so right. And last time I actually went on their sort of third party. Uh, ticket exchange sales list, uh, the one that you can like get on a, an official waiting list with Read Pop, and as people exchange their tickets or can't go anymore, 
um, they return their ticket and get the value of it and they match that to someone else. And you can do a transfer of a ticket without paying, you know, scalping. It, it keeps scalping down, which I appreciate. I actually was watching the num- my number in queue tick down slowly as it got closer to the event. And then, of course, it got canceled due to COVID. Uh, so that was my first concern is like uh, tickets. And, and I delved into the Instagram comments of the announcement for, from ReadPop. And they are saying that they will be releasing uh, a ticketing and transportation and hotel information in the coming weeks to months. So probably within a year out, probably over the next month, I imagine they will make an, an announcement on opening up additional tickets because they probably have to wait because they announced that you can if you can't make those new dates that you have time to get a refund and so depending on how many people refund and depending on how many people refunded last time when they canceled the event and just wanted to get their money back which i think is a larger percentage than some people might think because we were going into covid it's very uncertain financial times i imagine a lot of people would just yeah give me the refund i don't i don't even know when celebration is going to happen again so I think based right. on those numbers, they will have a limited number of uh, tickets available again. I'm sure it'll be like last time where you better well believe you should be at your computer, just like you're ordering a new iPhone to snag those <laughs> celebration tickets if you want them in time before they sell out like that. <laughs> so that's my investigative report. I, you know, I think with this whole thing for me, like I think, if you ordered your tickets back at the first time, right? Yes. Yes. You're in in like Flint, man. You have got it made yep. in the shade. You just sit back, relax, enjoy yourself. Everybody else that wants to attend this is either completely screwed or they are on that razor edge waiting to not fall down and get their neck cut off. It's a it's a roll it's a <laughs> I mean, it's a roll of the I, dice. I, say that again? It's a roll of the dice. Right. And then on top of it, you got a secondary roll of the dice that is this even going to be a fun celebration because you're going to have so many people just completely pissed off uh-uh. going in because oh, of don't all, say that. What do you think, all the what? stuff. What do you, I mean, granted, I, I hope that's not the case, but you know that there are contingencies of people that are mad that they've had to wait. Right. Okay. And you're, I mean, that's what I worry about is you're going to get that kind of people and then you're going to get the people that didn't get to go that are bent and angry lashing out on their twitter accounts and all this stuff when everything's going down like i i just worry that this one and possibly even the next one are not going to be as fun or fondly remembered as some of the other ones Mm. because of everybody's humanity being chipped at from covid being (laughs) quarantined and just being at each other's i do wonder for so long if we've all forgotten how to like behave in person, right, right, <laughs> sometimes, right. I mean, well, or did well, we ever? You know, getting to what we were talking about in our our uh, rogue transmissions, you know, with the work side of things, it's just like, you know, you have people come in, and and some people get it, but a majority of people don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's it's those that don't that I'm like. Guys, just try to be understanding when you show up and things aren't going your way. Because, like, honestly, this whole celebration did not go their way. And they're, you know, trying to make it happen, move forward, put a good, you know, smile on. But let's be honest here. They can't give you the regulations because they don't know. They don't know how the numbers are going to swing. They don't know what the government's going to say. They don't know what the governors are going to say for each state. I mean, I'm. I'm waiting to go to summer camp right now in the end of July, and we're still 
have none of our leader information because they're waiting on that stuff. And they're going to be waiting on that right up until the almost the moment of because you can't predict it. There's just no way to. Hmm. Yeah. It's going to be weird, I'm man. Trying to find, it's going to be weird. Yeah, I'm trying to find the Star Wars Celebration website did post updated uh, safety guidelines that I think told us a little bit about what to expect. Hmm. Well, it's got to be generic. You know, the six feet apart, wear your mask. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Interesting. Learn more. I, I, I'm honestly like, I'm, I'm scrolling through the website to see if we can... Um, some, I saw some links sent to it. Ah, here we go. Click here to learn more about our commitment to health and safety information at Star Wars Celebration. Are you ready? And I bet this will change. Like you say, this will probably change. But here's here's the requirements. Uh, at Star Wars Celebration and all Read Pop events, your health and safety are our top priorities. We've implemented new guidelines and policies to help support a safe experience. Every attendee, including fans, exhibitors, artists, guests, crew, and staff, are expected to comply with our health and safety requirements. Thank you for flying Star Wars Air- Celebration Airlines. Uh, how's, how's my flight attendant voice? Um, <laughs> so face coverings required. Okay, right, all right. Uh, this, this, by the way, came out after the CDC just released updated guidance on face coverings for those who've been vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, which is, you're no longer required to. According to CDC guidance, like you say, state and local governments are the ones that make these calls. Um, right. But currently... Face coverings required. Costume and cosplay. These policies apply to cosplay and costume pieces. Face coverings must be visible at all times. Yeah. Uh, that, will... So what that means is you are not wearing your Mandalorian helmet. I don't care how awesome your printer is and how cool it is. You're only wearing that bushy on the side of your hip. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, physical distancing, directional distance, directional markers for like flow of traffic, lots of signage. Uh, no handshakes uh, or, you know, hugs or uh, social distancing. Observe social distancing when greeting people. Uh, And they will set up a temperature screening. Uh, So similar to, like, going to Disney World, you can't enter if you're over 100.4. Which, by the way, I actually think post-pandemic for anything, just like flu outbreaks, I I could see for big events, I think temperature screenings are going to be a permanent thing. Sorry, if you're running a fever, don't come to our event. I think that'll just be a thing in the future. Now, I I went to the local casino. I say local, it was like 40-something miles away. But they had one where all you do is lean forward, and it just scans your forehead. It has a picture. And I'm like, dude, that's brilliant. I've been, I've done, yeah, it's a long-distance one. I, I went to i was on uh in the air for a temporary duty um assignment uh and at the hotel i stayed at uh for air force business they had a a temperature screener just like that nice um yeah so it was um those uh, exactly what i would expect you know what they don't say what is very conspicuous by its absence no limit, no no specified limit on crowd capacity. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, I, I'm sure that's probably some of those they're waiting on numbers for. Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. I could see why. Yeah, because you won't, you just won't know. But I'm optimistic, though, with with vaccine rates continuing, uh, numbers continuing to trend up, uh, deaths, hospitalizations, spread going down. Uh, with the new CDC guidelines, literally released yesterday, as we record this. Um, I think uh, it's looking good. So for like with Star Wars Celebration or even Read Pop has some events coming up this year. They've got um, New York Comic Con. They're bringing it back this fall. 
Uh, so it'd be kind of interesting to see how it goes. I, based on my uh, real job, uh, real life, uh, where I'm assigned Air Force and when I have to move to my assignment, there's a reasonable possibility of getting uh, assigned or deployed overseas. And depending on that, I may not be able to go anyway, which is, you know, just oh. that's the life I've chosen. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> I just get <laughs> the Air Force. So will you know all to... about waiting to the last minute. <laughs> I do. I mean, I'm going to attempt to get tickets. If they release them, I'll try to snag tickets just in case I can go. Right. I'm going to do everything I can to get out there. Um, if, if at all possible. And I, and I'm excited. Like this is a big freaking deal. And you know what? It's also, um, the exact when, when I, <laughs> When I first started uh, dating my now wife, Savannah, um, one, one thing I realized for her and her and her family is birthdays are a big freaking deal. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm the youngest of six kids. Uh, nobody cares <laughs> in my family. Right, right. <laughs> no, we, they threw, we got great birthday parties as kids and stuff, but as adults... Uh, and and there's so many of them, so many of us Blanton siblings and we're scattered everywhere. Uh, it's just, nobody cares. cares. For us, it's, it's, where do you want to go to dinner? It's your birthday dinner. You want to guess what (laughs) days my beautiful, lovely wife's birthday's on? Oh no. (laughs) You better believe it. So I brought this up. I was so hard weekend. All right. Husband moment. Are you ready? Husband moment. I literally, (laughs) I, I said, babe. Um, they're, they're, they've moved it up, which is actually increases my likelihood based on my real job that I'll be able to go before it was actually pretty likely I would, if it was in that, in the fall, it's very likely that I'd be overseas and unable to go. But, uh, I was like, babe, they moved it up a few months. You never guess we might actually be able to go. I'm so excited. She, she goes along with it, right? She, she's excited for me. She, she was sad with me that I didn't get to go to the one in Chicago, right? We'd, we'd only been dating for a few months when Chicago happened. So the last celebration in Chicago. And then, uh, and she's like, when is it? And I was like, oh, it's Memorial Day weekend. And, and then, I, then I remembered. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh. So here's the deal. I, what I'm really hoping is uh, that we're going to be able to sandwich some pretty awesome, not, not Star Wars tidal wave stuff that weekend. I really hope they do the Disney uh, the the Star Wars at uh, Disneyland evening that they had, were going to plan last time. Um, but uh, I guess long and short of it is, uh, if it happens, I'm going to owe a big one. Improving <laughs> 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 that I will have the... If, so, ladies and gents, I'm putting it on the record here on the podcast, if you see me at Star Wars Celebration and uh, you either see or <laughs> talk to at any point savannah at any of these future events when we can hopefully have them again uh you can thank her for 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 my presence at star wars celebration anaheim 2022 um so there you go that i just had to like uh i had to come clean on that one so the we'll we'll see moving factors we'll see if it happens i'll take a stab at tickets if i can uh and and we will see i will certainly be making every attempt to make star wars celebration anaheim how about you mark I you know I I wasn't gonna be going originally. Yeah. Um, even though they pushed it out, I could have saved up more. But no, nah, with with all the chaos, uh, and all the sold out and and all the chaos of that, mm. I'm just I'm just gonna not even worry. I think I'd eat myself alive with the stress. I would want. I mean, I want to go. Don't <laughs> yeah. get me wrong. But I don't want to get my hopes up and then not yeah. have it happen. So I'm just like, it's, it's just fair. not gonna happen. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. 
Um, yeah, you know what? We have um, we have a we've oh my gosh, look at us. We've been going for a while. I, I, I you know, there's one. There's, we've got a couple stories we want to talk about, but I want to prioritize um, Heart of the Jedi. Mm. I want to get your take, uh, and and I want to give you my confession. Uh, oh yeah, that's as, right. As well, so um, but we'll start with um, we'll start with your take on and, and tell the tell the fine people listening because I've seen some headlines about it and I saw the link on Amazon. But what what the heck is this whole hullabaloo surrounding Heart of the Jedi? All right. Well, Kevin or uh, Kenneth C. Flint's last novel returns to bookshelves at long last. Return to the Star Wars universe once more in The Heart of the Jedi. Darth Vader and the Emperor are no more. The Alliance has officially become the New Republic as Han Solo, Princess Leia, and new Chief of State Mon Mothma emerge triumphant against the diminished Empire. The Imperial Remnant fights on until the long, until the long lost, until the long silent Imperial Senate rises up to call for peace. But not everyone wants peace. The High Admiral Tharkas has made plans to ensure that the Empire will reemerge under his rule. At his side stands a mysterious Discori. Beings of rare and deadly powers. For Luke Skywalker, exhausted from years of fighting, the time has come to depart on a journey of discovery. A journey that will lead him to a secret long ago hidden by Obi-Wan. Kenobi. Um, this is a book that back around 91 or so uh, was going to be coming out. This was going to be right after Return of the Jedi. Um, and then oh. Trusa Baraku come out. Uh, some other books came out. Like, There's a whole little history at the back of this by Kenneth Flint even, which is great. There's also one by uh, Joe Bagorno. I'm probably saying your name wrong because it looks like it's Italian. Uh, he did the editing originally. Mm-hmm. This whole story can be found at, I want to say it's at StarWarsTimeline.net. It's been, the PDF has been there for a long time. Um, this isn't even the first time this has been published oh, by interesting. fans. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, I want to say 2015 was the first time. And, you know, it, the, it word spread around through, you know, message boards or whatever people people were using at that time uh facebook probably uh and some people got it and some didn't i knew about this one for a while uh when the uh website where i had shared it with you which i think was uh let me pull that up real quick here it is the expanded universe.com uh, they reported on April 30th. I want to say I knew about it a couple days before that. And when it was being reported, I was like, don't say anything. Cause I was waiting for my coffee. Still, I'm like, I need this book. Um, I've had the PDF for a long time. I've never done more than just flip through it. I haven't actually like sat down and read it all. I have always had a struggle when it came to the eBooks. So I had kind of forgotten all about it. And then I had gotten, my wife had bought me, uh, Abel Pena's Skywalkers, which was a self-published book that he had done that was in the similar guise. It was one that, you know, was about to be done and then they pulled out and then they didn't do it and he had already wrote the book. And so, you know, he self-published that. I had that one. Uh, one of our patrons, Robert Redden, wrote Red Mud. I haven't finished it yet. I've only been able to flip through that. And he self-published. So I, I got a kick out of that idea of, you know, a self-published Star Wars book. Um, but the fact that this one was originally supposed to be a Star Wars book. Fans for a long time have been wondering, you know, what it was going to be. And then, you know, like I said, they had mentioned it on the 30th. uh, And then as of May 9th on Sunday, 
it had been pulled down. They actually had like almost 12 articles on this. They were tracking how it was doing. It was outselling other Star Wars books and stuff mm. at one point. Well, I so mean, it was so interesting. I want to give it credit. I want to give it credit. So it was it it stayed up on Amazon uh, until May 9th when it was finally taken down. But everyone was watching it as it slowly climbed to the best bestseller list on Amazon's. So for their science fiction uh, bestsellers list, it had gotten all the way into the top 10, beating every single other Star Wars book for sale on Amazon, except for the new Thrawn book. It was, it was after that. But literally every single other uh, Star Wars book, it was, um, <laughs> it was, it was outselling. Which, yeah. which oh, and this gets into the heart of it, of the sort of, be- it, it, it rode on the wave of energy and fandom um, behind the Continue Legends movement. Mm-hmm. Um, which, man, uh, it, it, let's talk about opening up that can of worms slash, you know, old fan conflict. It seems like such a lifetime ago when the most things that, the most factions where fans uh, were, were catfighting amongst themselves is about the the legends right. continuity issues like it was a, never canon it, it was, was always canon <laughs> it was quote, it, official continuity yeah that's that's what we used to fight about before before right. the dark times before the disney but that that um, was the 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 conversation when people were sharing this was like let's show them yeah you know how many fans really want to spend money on these stories like you know and we're not saying we don't want the other ones i mean granted there are some fans but the majority of us just want our cake and our ice cream we want to yeah. have both <laughs> you, and and so even though this you're right this is a book from 91 it's not like any further legend stories that were canceled uh, and, and and or plans for the legends continuity uh, that were canceled but you know they've continued what and this is my confession here's my confession mark in the context of the events from the last few weeks with the bad batch and delving in a little bit more into the conflicts with some of the other Disney era publishing like the Ahsoka novel it really does tell me that if we're not going to um not have a strict continuity that you have to stick to perfectly because that's never been something I cared about but if we're not going to at least care to the extent of like following big character moments from very significant you know parts of the Star Wars timeline and we're going to tell them in two completely different ways from animation to books for example or animation to comics in the most recent example if we're not going to do that I've never really cared or been the person who 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 cared or valued or, or, or pushed for continuing the Legends continuity I was just happy with resetting everything getting new stories that made the most sense to me but in the context of now and, and post sequel trilogy and seeing sort of where the fan community is and seeing the sort of, what's the word, the, the, the rowdiness, the glee with which people have, have, have gotten behind this book all these years later to uh, show support for this, these stories. I'm, I'm, I'm ready there. I'll, I'll put it in my bio. Uh, hashtag continue legends. I'm there with nice. you. That's my. Yes. It only took me ten years, <laughs> almost. <laughs> but uh, I mean, and, and that's uh, the other reason is because I, the the publishing had I had I expected more from publishing than than we've gotten. We've gotten some some good publishing, but I would say the overall quality is isn't any better or worse on average than 
uh, stories from the Legends continuity. Uh, and the Legends had a lot of problems, but so, so do, you know, like the most recent example being the High Republic. So, uh, right. hashtag continue Legends, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> that's my confession. That's, that's his story, sticking to it. Uh, you know, I mean, remember when they called it Legends and they did the divide. Yeah, you know? and they've and been selling those books like ever seven, since. Eight, nine. They're still making money I, off those books that they're selling. I see them right. at Barnes & Noble every time I go. When, when all that happened, I was saying immediately from then, like, you know, they'll, they'll continue Legends. They'll just they'll wait till the films are done. Well, they'll finish 7, 8, 9. They'll, you know, see how things are going. And the timing on this is perfect for that aspect. I mean, if you're ever going to get a snapshot of how many people are going to spend money on just that other continuity, uh, you know, the Marvel comic that they put out was kind of... Uh, I wasn't buying comics at that time, so I didn't buy that, and I kind of regret it. But you know, I don't think that that one had as big a splash as this one did because, I mean, you know, while we love comics, a lot of comics are just that's a definitely more of a casual fan kind of thing. You know, like the books, that's an investment. That's not you just buy one and flip through it. Like you get in that sucker, you're sitting with it for at least a day, maybe even a couple weeks or a couple months if you're a slow reader. Um, so. To have something that kind of gives them a benchmark, I think, is something that gets me excited because I've always felt like once the public can understand the concept that there are two different stories, this is like Miles Morales all over again, right? Like yeah. now that the public knows, thanks to the Spider-Verse, that there is this other Spider-Man character that is not Peter Parker and we know how he's not Peter Parker, we can enjoy his stories too. Like I feel like the common fan finally now understands – that there were old books before Disney and that that is a different Star Wars. Yeah. Um, and so I think that we're at a point now where we could move forward. I mean, I, I've got in my hand here from Star Wars Insider Magazine, a hardcover, Legends, mm-hmm. the fiction collection. And even in that, it's got a Legends banner. There are canon stories in it. Like, So if they're mixing the two universes in a hardcover book that has the Legends banner on it, they really don't care. No. So why can't we publish them? Like I, I, I'm, I want Sword of the Jedi. There's so many characters that I would just love to get, even if they only did it like in a five year attack plan where they call it, you know, the wrap up of Legends and they wrap up every oh, story thread that's been open. Oh God, I'd be in a heyday. <laughs> well, and, and I think the sales would be great because if it was a limited run, and you know, especially if it's a. Not not to make it like contingent or like teasing fans, but like, hey, we're gonna do this special one time um you know sword of the jedi wrap up epic book for the old legends continuity and maybe if it sells really well we'll do another one like i could totally see and then that right. way you're like you're, like the Haslab kind of thing he, oh yeah that, would, that is a very hasbro move right? oh man yeah that'd be like, pretty cool if, if we can get ten thousand dollars we'll do sword of the jedi and <laughs> the paul s camp unnamed duology like wait what you're throwing it two more oh i'm buying five yeah i'll i'll support that kickstarter who knows if we'll see it but exactly <laughs> you worth a lot to me as you wish all right let's do Bubba's bounty it's something we've uh watched experienced read listened to uh in the world of star wars what's grinding our gears as star wars fans mr hurleman i want you to hit me up with uh 
what you've oh. been up to over the last oh, few weeks man. in Star Wars. There's been some serious gear grinding, let's say <laughs> that. Uh, well, we'll just stick with the big gears, okay? Okay. The big gear here, Black Series Bo-Katan showed up. And I also mm. happened to get one Moff Gideon. So yep, she's yep. got the dark saber in hand. Oh my god, that is a glorious figure. I don't even care that the leather doesn't look like leather because I've seen somebody and they've told me what color it is. It's a special type of a red for a ship, and it looks brown. And I'm gonna paint that to make it look leathery. But dude, that character looks sick. Holy cow, dude! The details on it is off the chain. Her helmet's got little nicks and stuff like battle damage. Like it's detailed. Uh, that said, that's the physical side of things. Alphabet Squadron Victory's price. Uh, I'm not going to go into a great detail about that trilogy or the book. I will say this, though, about this book. If you look at it as the definitive Harrison Dula story of the Battle of Jakku and how her and her battle group make it through it, it's a pretty mm. damn good story. Yeah. Um, I, that should have been the angle they went with from the start because of the three books, this one has her factoring in more. And and yeah, the, the, the part that I'm at right now, the whole battle of Jakku is happening and I have not been able to put the book down. And oh, nice. for this book series, I should say, these three books, that's impressive because the first two felt like a slog fest. Um, Freed was throwing a lot of characters, a lot of names, very little descriptions, and so I was, you know, I was lost half the time with those books. But we get to the third one, it feels more cohesive. It feels more like an actual throughput of the story. It does pick up on those events. So if you are reading them all, you do get a bigger playout. But I don't think you have to. I think you could just grab this one and get all the bang for your buck. But if you look at it from the aspect that, like Princess Leia did her thing, we get to see what Hera's been doing all the way up through and into the Battle of Jakku. I love it for that alone. I think that that is probably one of the, my favorite aspects of the story. Um, you know, you can you can say whatever else you want about you know the way Freed writes characters. I love Hera in this book, and being able to see that has been. Once I got to that point and Jakku started, I I couldn't put the book down. I, I literally I fell asleep with it in my hands. And there was on my break, I had it back out. I have got like you know one more chapter to go, and I. Oh man, I, mm. I you know how I am when it comes to trilogies, man. Like if the first two are bad, I'm like, well, maybe the third one will come around. This one doesn't come around for the whole trilogy, but it definitely proves that this could have been one book because this book is pretty good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Nice. Uh, I like it. I like it. I have a much simpler uh, pick for my Boba's Bounty, and I played a little bit of it as transition music, but I'm gonna cue this up. The Bad Batch. Uh, the theme is awesome and i'm just so excited that they're actually releasing a soundtrack so it's a sort of a preemptive pick but i love kevin kiner's work it's only gotten better over the course of the clone wars and then some incredible work on rebels like ahsoka's theme uh the way that was utilized in in the season i think two finale amazing but just to have this rip roar and swashbuckling main theme for the tv show that just makes a statement it just makes me very excited Uh, and uh, in fact, they, I, I was Googling this while I was looking up some things about the pick, um, and Walt Disney records has released that they are releasing, uh, the bad batch volume one and the bad batch volume two. Uh, so two soundtracks associated with Steve season one, wow. the first one being volume one episodes one through eight. And the second one, 
Volume 2, Episodes 9 through 16, which is the first what? time I've seen official confirmation of 16-episode run for the series. Whoa, dude, so. that feels like a lot after what we've been getting with the Disney Plus Marvel shows. <laughs> yeah, no, that's like eight episodes. No, I'm excited. I think that's 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 really awesome. Oh, I love it. Well, folks, that is going to wrap up this episode of the Star Wars Report podcast. Oh, we barely got into it. We got we got some emails we got to get to. We got a bunch of leaks from the Andor set. We'll have to do that next week. We've got uh, Ewan McGregor. I was teasing all the week. We'll have to, you know what? We'll just have to do another episode next week. Crazy, right? Crazy concept, I know. A weekly podcast. <laughs> We're getting back to it, guys. We're getting back to it. Easing back into it. So I appreciate your patience as we uh, get back into a regular recording uh, schedule. We'll probably be updating it over the uh, summer, our, our record and release day. But I'll keep you guys posted, especially on our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. So you can get bonus content, hang out and talk to us. And also get access to, I didn't mention earlier, the uh, exclusive uh, Patreon-only facebook chat that we hang out and talk all things star wars uh, i'm sure i'll be hopping in there with my thoughts on episode three of the bad batch once i hop off this recording and get a chance to take a look at it so that'll be a good time this wraps up episode 466 i just had to say it <laughs> i waited this whole time to say it uh, of the Star Wars report podcast you can stay in touch between shows follow us on social media at star wars report you can uh, go to facebook.com slash Star Wars Report. Find the notes for the episode in uh, starwarsreport.com, episode 466. Find us there. Uh, you can also email us, starwarsreport at gmail.com. If you listen to us on the Apple Podcasts app, we do appreciate ratings and reviews. Or really anywhere you listen to the show, be sure to spread the word spread the word to uh, Star Wars fans that you know in your life. Uh, tell them about the Star Wars Report podcast. We do appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Mr. Holman, tell the people where they can uh, find you on the internet. You can find me on the internet if you know where I'm at. <laughs> That'll be a logical road, too. Uh, yeah. You can nice. find me. I'm on Twitter. I'm on, uh, I'm on there very little, though. <laughs> I'm on Facebook a lot. And I do do occasional TikToks. There you go. Illogical <laughs> Rogue 2. I'm not on Twitter. You won't find me there. Uh, but you will find me on Instagram at the Riley Guy. Uh, you can also... Uh, I'm, not, I'm not on TikTok either. I'm, I'm, I'm scaling back in the world of uh, social media. Really, the most fun I have with social media is hanging out and talking on Facebook uh, and Facebook Messenger with uh, uh, the fine patrons of the show. So I've, I've come to enjoy that as my outlet for fandom. Uh, so yeah, at the Riley guy on Instagram, it's a good place to, to see. And if you're interested, uh, I finally was able to use an, an, an Instagram for the way it's designed, which is to shamelessly post vacation pictures because otherwise it didn't happen. Right. <laughs> we didn't post it on your Instagram. I mean, honestly, Instagram is how I post to Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nice. I love it. I love it. All right. Until next time, guys, may the force be with you. And remember... Many Bothans died to bring you this podcast.
Tatutanaba. Whatever it is. Oh, Tatutanaba. I got it wrong. How could I have gotten it wrong? Obi Wan Kenobi. Yoda. Darth Vader. I went for R2D2. I was wrong. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. All I know is that good soldiers follow orders. Good soldiers follow orders. Oh, God, man. I can do it. I can listen. Baker, man, the way he captures. I'm coming after him. I'm coming after him. All right, here's my audition for the Bad Batch. You ready? Oh, I'm Ricka. I I love to punch things and talk (laughs) like that all the time. (laughs) That's pretty damn good. (laughs) And then you have I'm Captain. I'm Captain Rex. Uh, that's not so good. You know, the, actually, the other one easy you is, could have is done Hunter you, with that. You can one. go. Um, you can go. Te- I'm I'm Tech, and I, I I live. I love to say things that I already think everybody else knows, but only I know. I'm Tech. Hello. Uh, and then I'm Hunter. I talk like a snake at times. I don't understand. <laughs> oh, that's Crosshair. Yeah, Crosshair. Uh, damn I said. It. I said Hunter. I meant Crosshair. Thank you. <laughs> Although I'm 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 glad that you saw. It. You know the easiest one to do is the one I hate the most. I don't know why I have this one joke. I'm Ricka. I'm just punching things. <clears throat> uh, you know one thing I did not complain about.